Protect your next vacation investment with TripInsurance.com. Affordable trip insurance coverage for every budget. Get a quote at TripInsurance.com. Here we go. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? I'm Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Big show today. Yeah, some big news released out of the MSC camp. We have Senior Vice President of Sales and Marketing standing by to give us that info. Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guys here with Cruise News. We have Editor-in-Chief of Porthole Cruise Magazine, Bill Panoff. He'll join us a little later on, as well as a review of Carnival Sunshine. But uh, first, joining us now, Ken Musket, Vice President of Sales and Marketing for MSC Cruises. Some big news today, Ken. So first off, welcome to the show. And what's the news, brother? Hey, Doug, it's great to be with you here at Cruise Radio. And thanks so much for having me because today is a very exciting day for MSC Cruises. Just this morning, a few hours ago, we announced two brand new ships with an option for two more. Uh, So potentially four new ships over the next few years. And these are going to to be some incredible vessels. They're going to be 167,000 gross tons. They're going to carry upwards of 5,700 guests with another 1,500 crew. They're going to be 1,033 feet long and 141 feet wide, which allows us to do a nice open-air promenade and, and lots more open-air space throughout the ship. Um, these are going to be the second largest ships in the world, and they're going to have the ability to go all over the place. We're going to be expanding in Europe, in North America, as well as other places around the globe. So the fact that we're going to be building two new ships, potentially four, over the next few years is really, really exciting for us. And um, I'll give you some some little facts about these, these ships that are being built now. They're going to be built in France with the uh, shipyard STX France, 12 different places for dinner, three different uh, locations for evening entertainment. We're going to have staterooms especially designed for families. We're going to have highly technolo- lots of technology. I can't even go into the amount of technology we're going to have, but great new state-of-the-art technology. And then really exciting is the extended MSC Yacht Club. We have had so much success with the Yacht Club, um, the, the ship-within-the-ship concept, multiple suites, private pool, private elevator access, private concierge, the, the key card system exclusive for these guests that are in there. And these new ships are going to allow us to dedicate even more space, larger staterooms, and more amenities for the Yacht Club guests. So um, that's going to be great, and a lot more details to come on that. And just to whet your appetite a little bit, some things that we haven't gone into announcing many details around, but the ship will have an amusement park at the top of the ship. We'll have a two-deck level inside promenade and a two-deck level aft lounge, which is going to allow us to do some really cool state-of-the-art entertainment. This is very cool, Ken, because uh, we talked to you last week at Cruise Shipping Miami, and you were kind of tiptoeing and dancing around the question about uh, anything new coming around for MSC Cruises. So, um, so any news on when the ship's coming out or anything you'd like to tell us today? So the first ship isn't coming out till 2017 and the second ship in 2019. So we don't have many details to spill just yet, but it does give us some exciting couple of years to look forward to doing these reveals and uh, giving, giving your listeners more and more exciting things to hear about with MSC Cruises. 
so I look forward to uh, giving you a lot more sneak peeks over the next few years and and uh, working with you and your team to announce to your listeners some very exciting things as it relates to MSC Cruises and these new ships that are being built. I look forward to talking to you real soon, and uh, thanks for the ongoing support. Thanks, Ken. Standing by now is Stuart Shearer on The Cruise Guy, found at cruiseguy.com. What's up, Stuart? Hey, Doug. How's it going? Good, man. Viking River Cruises uh, christens... A lot of cruise ships in Europe this week, but not only christens a lot, but gets another Guinness World Record, right? Well, this time they got it. Okay. And what they got was 16 longboats were christened in a 24-hour period, Hmm. which uh, surpassed the 10 that they named uh, one year ago. (laughs) So it's it's amazing, but, uh, you know, what's also amazing is, you know, you think, wow, 16 longboats in a 24-hour period. So essentially, there's going to be actually a total of 18. I mean, they how'd they pull it off? Um, I mean, you think of, well, where in the world could they possibly put all those longboats at the same time? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they actually had um, nine in Amsterdam, mm-hmm. four in Rostock, Germany, and uh, three in Avignon, France. Interesting. Looks like Carnival Splendor will be wearing her Virginia is for Lovers t-shirt in 2015. Well, it's it's not that big a deal, Doug. It's it's only six sailings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They've got uh, one two-night, three five-night, one six-night, and one seven-night. I mean, it's nice that they're, they're scheduling. Uh, Miami and New York are still the home ports, and it's nice to see uh, Norfolk uh, get in uh, Get a little uh, action in there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this morning, steel was cut for the upcoming Norwegian Escape. The first of the two breakaway plus 163,000-ton uh, ship uh, began today, and uh, she it will essentially, it's amazing, it's, it's not going to take that long. Uh, the first uh, sailing is now scheduled from Miami in November of 15. It's amazing how fast they will pump that uh, entire ship up and, uh, and get her out. Yeah, for sure. Now, we just talked to Ken Musket from MSC Cruises a few minutes ago, and he was talking about the two new ships that they have on order, 167,000 tons, uh, delivering uh, in 2017 and 2019. Uh, do you think any of these two ships will see the North American market? Well, Doug, I, I really think it's it's going to be important. If they're going to have any kind of presence here mm-hmm. and you want to get some, you know people excited, I would think that they would have to bring that first ship here to Miami to to sail to the to the Caribbean because you know Davina in another few years I mean she'll be you know almost seven years you know six uh, years old and uh, you know if you're going to be trying to get uh, people excited and wowed uh, you're going to have to they're going to have to bring the ship here otherwise you know they're they're we're going to lose uh, whatever momentum uh, they may have gained between now and then you know this is the the most mature and the most significant cruise sourcing market in the world and. Uh, you want to you want to gain or or continue momentum. You're going to have to bring your latest and greatest ship. Let's talk about the uh, Russia and Ukraine. Does this debacle going to affect cruising at all? Well, it actually has. has Several it? cruise lines: Azamara, Oceana, Regent, Windstar, uh, MSC uh, have all canceled many ports um, that in the Black Sea that have stopped in uh, the Ukraine and the occupied uh, Crimea area. Right. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that uh, Yalta is in Crimea. So now all of a sudden, well, you may have heard of Yalta in Ukraine, but uh, you didn't realize that, uh, you know, where, where Crimea was. Well, now you know. 
Well, what about St. Petersburg in Russia? Oh, that's a good question, Doug. Uh, you know, uh, St. Petersburg is uh, in the Bal- on the Baltic itineraries, and without a doubt, the single largest um, and mo- pr- most important part of the Baltic cruises. I mean, that's that's the reason that people go on those sailings is to spend those two or three nights, uh, two or three days in St. Petersburg, you know, where they're doing uh, two and three day tours uh, of of that great city. And uh, if there is a problem, or we already have a problem, if things get worse and the cruise lines have to substitute, uh, I mean, there's going to be a tremendous loss of revenue on shore excursions, as well as, you know, a possibility of uh, having difficulty filling those ships because people may cancel Yeah, because, you know, we're getting close to uh, the final payment period for those sailings. As we say on radio, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy. Always a pleasure, man. All right, bud. Take care. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker from my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Here we go. So chances are, if you've ever taken a cruise vacation, uh, you've connected, whether you know it or not, with our next guest in one way or another. Bill Panoff is the editor-in-chief of Porthole Cruise Magazine, and he joins us tonight on the show. Welcome, Bill. Doug, how are you? Happy to be here. You bet, Bill. So we'll get to Porthole Cruise Magazine in a moment, but uh, before we go any further, I have to tell you... We've had our producers do some background checking on you, and it turns out that you were a magician on a cruise ship. Is this true? I did, actually. I always uh, was fascinated with, with cruising when I was growing up in my mid to late teens, and uh, at that time, the, the TV show Love Boat was very prevalent and mm-hmm. uh, got me hooked on the idea of actually working aboard a cruise ship. And during my um, my teens, I took up magic as a hobby, and uh, Perfected it pretty well and started performing at kids' parties and banquets and Cub Scout events. And I always wanted to do my show on board a ship. So uh, there was a company at that time called Carnival Cruise Lines that at that time only had two ships, the Mardi Gras and the Carnival. There was an ad in the local paper. They were looking for an entertainer, and I pestered them enough, and they eventually gave in. And uh, next thing you know, I was working on board the Carnival as, uh, as a magician sailing around the Caribbean, and I loved it. Nice. This was about, what, like 1980 or so? Yep, exactly, exactly. Very good. So uh, how does an onboard magician segue into creating uh, one of the most popular cruise travel magazines around? Soon after um, being on board, maybe about a year or two after they uh, 
the cruise line promoted me to cruise director. They liked the way I, you know, interacted with the guests, and 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 I loved being on board. And I loved meeting people. And while I was on board, which was a total of 12 years working exclusively for Carnival uh, mm-hmm. as a cruise director, I noticed uh, as the industry was growing that there were no publications that were really speaking directly to the consumer about the cruise experience. And I, I saw there was a void there and I got an idea. And when I got off the ships, I, I met a few people that uh, were involved with publishing. So I surrounded myself with people who could produce a publication, who could uh, lay it out and design it. And I obviously was able to sell some of the advertising, and one thing led to another, and hence the Porthole Magazine was born at that time. And uh, we've been out there for over 20 years now, which is uh, really unheard of these days in the age of magazines coming and going so quickly. The magazine is great, and I get it every other month here. Um, I was going to ask you, though, uh, it's not often that you see a print magazine uh, stay alive for two decades. Uh, What separates Porthole Cruise Magazine from the others? I think we have a very unique niche, you know, and, and and there isn't a lot of other publications that are speaking directly to the consumer. There are other magazines in the cruise realm that are that are industry related magazines, but because we cover unique destinations, what's hot in cruising, every issue we have a ship uh, review, which is very very popular among our readers. Uh, but there seems to be a very loyal following that has grown over the years, and. Uh, also, uh, this accounts also for the visitation to our website, porthole.com. The market is growing. The magazine has grown with the market. Very good. I'm, I'm actually flipping through the magazine right now, and I, I am noticing, uh, and I'm digging the redesign. Uh, any reason for the overhaul? We had not redesigned the magazine for many, many years, and, and a lot of things have changed in the publishing business over the years. Um, we're, we're finding that that l- more photographs, less copy, seems mm-hmm. to be more appealing to the average reader. So we took that in mind and kind of hired... Uh, uh, a gentleman that that uh, is, is amazing has done the Islands Magazine and some of the other publications to come on board and uh, help us with the redesign and the the feedback we're getting is just uh, remarkable. People look at it and compare it to the previous issues and think it's a completely different magazine, and it does look and feel different and it reads differently. And we're we're very happy the way it came out and we're just going to continue with that progress uh, onward and upward. Very good. Well, the magazine is information-packed. So what cruise trends are you seeing uh, in 2014 from the Porthole Cruise Magazine readers? Some of the trends, obviously, are the are the new innovations that they're offering on board the ships, you know, from the variety of dining options on board to the unique shore excursions that are being uh, offered. You know, there's a lot of repeat cruises that go back to the same ports over and over again, and they want to see something different. So there's a lot of pressure that has been applied to the to the tour operators, you know, in various regions to come up with something different and unique for those uh, frequent cruisers. Um, the entire experience is becoming, you know, more seamless on board with the entertainment and the options they're offering on some of these ships is just, uh, just, just phenomenal. Bill, before we hop here, we have to talk about your, uh, your legendary uh, porthole cruise party down in Miami Beach last week, because I, I have to say, I felt like uh, Oprah was throwing a party, because when Bill Panoff throws a party, Bill Panoff throws a party. Wow. Yeah, we were, we, uh, every year during cruise shipping, uh, Porthole Magazine launches a, uh, a party. The last two years we didn't have one, mm-hmm. so we came back even bigger and better than ever. This is really the relaunch party to coincide with the relaunch of uh, our redesign of the magazine. And uh, I believe we attracted everyone, the who's who of the cruise industry was there, from the executives to the presidents of all the major cruise lines. We had over 980 <laughs> people that descended upon a nightclub called Story, yeah. and it was really the talk of uh, cruise shipping. Uh, the only challenge we have now for next year is to try to outdo that. 
Well, there's actually one more challenge, Bill. It's having Norwegian Cruise Lines not throw a press conference at 8 o'clock the next morning. Yeah, we need to talk to them about that, at least push it back to, uh, to 10 or 11. I know. Exactly. Uh, Bill, where can we find Porthole Cruise Magazine online? Uh, Porthole is available at porthole.com. On there, you can subscribe. Uh, we encourage you all to do so if you haven't. It's also available uh, through Apple on the uh, bookstore where you can uh, download uh, Porthole Magazine and read it digitally. And also all the major bookstores and newsstands across the country carry it, Barnes & Noble, B. Dalton, uh, all the major newsstands, and uh, you'll find it almost in supermarkets sometimes, but all major cities will carry the magazine. But the quickest way to subscribe to it is, is porthole.com. And if you're not a subscriber of Porthole Cruise Magazine, you definitely should uh, check it out because it's not that expensive and it's uh, it's information packed. Been talking with Bill Panoff, editor in chief of Porthole Cruise Magazine. Bill, uh, always a pleasure, my friend, and I look forward to talking to you again. Doug, a pleasure, and thanks uh, thanks for the opportunity. And uh, onward and upward, and hope to see you next year at the uh, at the Porthole party. This is Cruise Radio. We always enjoy hearing your cruise reviews here on Cruise Radio. If you have a review you would like to share, just email comments at cruiseradio.net. Sarah Phillips just returned from a seven-night Caribbean sailing aboard Carnival Sunshine, and she joins us today. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Doug. How are you? Good, good. Welcome home. Thanks. I have to say, uh, was it a big change coming from the Caribbean to cold Delaware? Yes. I went from like 85 and sunny to a nor'easter and a foot and a half of snow. Ah, that sucks. So uh, let's yeah. let's start uh, just before your cruise. So what made you want to research and want to sail on Carnival Sunshine? Honestly, a lot of it was on the cruise radio site. Oh, I nice. Saw the co- yeah, I saw the coverage you guys had and... I was like, oh, I'd sail on the Destiny a couple of years ago, and I was like, I really want to sail on the Sunshine. I, I really wanted to try the new restaurants, and I really wanted to see the Serenity, the three-story Serenity area. How was embarkation for Carnival Sunshine? It was actually not bad. We had the Faster to the Fun, mm-hmm. um, because we both are um, platinum guests of Carnival. So they took us into the little room, and we got to sit on the sofa while they waited for We did a call our names, so we actually got on board um pretty quickly. And the best part about Faster to the Fun was that our rooms were ready as soon as we got on board. We didn't have to wait the normal time that you do. We could uh-huh. immediately go to our room and drop our stuff off. And what time did you board? Uh, it was about noon. Okay. Yeah. So you were uh, you wanted to get on that ship pretty quick. We did. We actually took our time, but um, we were used to Eastern time. So mm-hmm. it felt a little later to us. So it was noon central time. Uh, gotcha. So you board Carnival Sunshine. So did it live up to your expectations? What were your first impressions? The first place we walked into was the atrium, the new Sunshine Atrium. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, wow, this is actually really nice. Um, I liked the big sunshine in the middle and the, um, I called them beads, but like the silver beads they had. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know what else to call them, but I thought the atrium was, was very nicely done. Um, and then the first thing we actually did was go to the room. And I loved the hallways and the room. I loved the like Caribbean feel with the palm trees and uh, the blue rooms. I definitely was impressed with the upgrades to the cabin. Very nice. So you make your way through the atrium and your stateroom's ready. So you go to your stateroom. So what kind of stateroom did you have? And what were your impressions of the stateroom? So we booked, it's technically an inside stateroom, um, but it had a picture window. Okay. Well, like a little bit smaller than an ocean view window. Um, and it was right in the very front of the ship on the, the sixth deck. Um, and the nice thing is, is the window looks out on kind of this like open deck that's open to the public, but most people don't know about it. So it's it's kind of a nice little space. And I like being in the front of the ship. It's very convenient to 
everything that's going on in like the front, like the liquid lounge and the promenade and stuff like that. It was Carnival Destiny when you sailed on it uh, a few years ago. Now, of course, it's Carnival Sunshine. What major changes did you see in the stateroom? The coloring was one of the big ones. They'd gone away from like the reds and orange, and it was definitely it was definitely a cooler feel with the, the blues that they have in there. I will say, I don't know if it was just our room or whatnot, but they didn't have the shelves in the closet. Oh, and I was, so dis- I was so disappointed. I like to put everything away and, you know, live there for the week. So that was that was the only thing I didn't like that they had changed. Um, and maybe it was that way before because we didn't have that room on the Destiny. But yeah. uh, that was my only disappointment with the room. I really like the shelves. You get your stuff away. You go exploring the ship, the outside areas, all the, uh, the uh, how much was the renovation? 155 million dollar renovation they did what were your impressions of all the new public areas because when you sailed at last it was carnival destiny with the one main promenade going down deck five i think so what do you think of the new makeover i loved the new makeover it was it was really fun exploring because i've sailed so much with carnival that you know all the ships kind of start to run together uh-huh. um so it kind of it, it was new and fresh and it was fun to see you know what they had done with the promenade i mean that had been there before but i love the way they had set up the ocean plaza and i felt like it was a better use of space there was less wasted space mm-hmm. it just flowed better i really liked the new lido marketplace the colors the layout it was so much better I love the back of Lido where they have Gigi's and the Havana and uh, Cucino del Capitano. Mm-hmm. Like that space was fantastic. It was quiet and a lot of people knew about it. So I really liked that. Um, obviously, Guys and Blue Iguana are fantastic. So um, they were great. But then when we got to the Serenity Deck, it was just like, wow. Like every everything we looked at, I was like, this is so nice. The waterfall all the like, cabana-type chairs. I was really impressed with the Serenity area because oh. that was not that nice on Destiny. Yeah, yeah. I was really impressed because um, going back to Ocean Plaza and Deck 5, when you're walking down the main area there, to me it's reminiscent of like a Marriott or something where you have the coffee bar, then you have the computer set up, then it opens up into kind of a lounge area where Ocean Plaza is, and then you have a bar, the Red Frog uh, Pub, off to the back there, and the Alchemy Bar right there. It's very... To me, it kind of felt, uh, I guess, non-cruise ship-like. It did. It was very, very open. Like, the, the transition between the areas was very nicely done as well. If I wanted to get a drink, the Alchemy Bar and the Red Frog Pub were right there. So it was very, like, it was great. And then I think one of my favorite things is another kind of thing that most people don't realize is the Ocean Plaza actually has full meals. So you can go get, like, a full breakfast. Mm-hmm. You can get full lunch on sea days. So it's really nice. Like, you can sit there and play trivia, and you're eating breakfast. Like, you don't have to go to Lido. You don't have to go to the dining room. So it was really nice. They had a really good salad bar there, too. Yeah, they um, did. The area where you were talking about where you can get the food on Ocean Plaza, it's the taste bar. So uh, during the night before dinner, like from 5 to 8, they have samplings from Cucina del Capitano. They have samplings from Fahrenheit 555. Uh, they have different samplings there. Uh, what, is, what else is there? There's uh, Mexican food there, I think, right? They do Mexican. Gigi's does one one night. That's right, yeah. Um, Bondi Sushi does one. Yeah, they pretty much run it all. Like every specialty mm-hmm. venue on there is featured right there at the Taste Bar, which is really cool. So let's make our way um, outside, as you were mentioning, the Serenity area. This is a three-story Serenity area, and it's really, really cool because – So I'll say, whenever I went there, I'm like, this is not going to be good because it's Serenity backing right up to the big screen where the DJ's on the deck playing, uh, you know, the loud music. But 
The further or the deeper you get into serenity, you can hear nothing once you're very forward into serenity. Do, do you agree with that? I agree. And I, that's one thing I loved about the way they did serenity. Um, I liked that you could be in the serenity area and still see what was going on on Lido. Um, for example, we watched the Super Bowl on this ship. Um, so you could sit down on Lido or you could sit up in the serenity area and still see everything that was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing all week if you wanted to see the games or the DJ. But if you really didn't want any of that, you could keep going up and going back into serenity and you could get that complete peace and quiet um, that you were looking for. So I felt like serenity was definitely, there were more options for what you may want to do. What did you think about the three-story waterfall? I loved the waterfall. The water was a little chilly, but I really liked the waterfall. So another question I have while we're talking about the outside decks is during the sea days, how was the space ratio? Were people jockeying for deck chairs or with Serenity right there with the pool, with the kids area and the splash zone in the back? Was there enough for everybody where it wasn't, uh, you know, you weren't packed in like a bunch of sardines on the, the outside deck? It wasn't horrible. I will say there were not a lot of children on our sailing. Mm-hmm. The average age was 51 on our sailing as well. Wow. Okay. Um, I feel like on some cruises, when you have more children, you find deck chairs a little more easily. Uh-huh. But there was a couple of days where you kind of had to look for a chair if you wanted to be on Lido. And Serenity, you had to go a little further back. Everything by the waterfall was was full. Yeah. Um, but I will say that Carnival did a very good job um, kind of monitoring the situation. So they were doing the sticker system. You know, if you were gone for more than 40 minutes, you know, they would take your stuff and put it up at the towel stand. Um, so they kept a really good watch on it. I never felt like it got out of control or that the chair hugs took over. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was nice to see them out kind of enforcing that. Nice. Well, let's talk about food because one thing Carnival Sunshine has is a lot of dining options between the outdoor venues like the Blue Iguana Cantina and Guy's Burger Joint to the indoor venues like Bonsai Sushi, uh, Gigi's Asian Kitchen, uh, Cucina del Capitano, the Steakhouse, the main dining room. So, Sarah, I'm going to let you tell us first off, what did you think of the food in the main dining room? And then what specialty restaurants did you hit? The main dining room was the main dining room. Um, It's been the same menu for a while. Yeah, right. Okay. So we only ate the main dining room a few nights. Um, because the menu is the same menu. We've had it all before. Um, but the food that we had was good in the main dining room. Uh, it was up to carnival standards. So um, we ate, one night we just ate on Lido because it was a Super Bowl. So we just kind of, they had like a Super Bowl buffet out there mm-hmm. with like egg rolls and uh, chicken tenders and Philly cheesesteaks. So it was really good food, really good fried fattening food. And we ate at Cucina del Capitano one night, which was really good. The portions are huge. I mean, you two or three people could eat like one person's portions. They're they're quite large, but it was delicious. I had the chicken parmesan, and it was really good. We ate at um, Gigi's Asian Kitchen twice. We ate there once, and we're like, we have to come back because it is twelve dollars. But you could never get a meal that good on land yeah. for that price. Very good. It's, yes, yeah, it's so good. Like the first night, we you know we each ordered something different because they sort of the kind of family style. It was amazing. I tried things I'd never tried before, like duck uh-huh. and like short ribs. I'd never had short ribs before. Everything was so good. It was, oh my gosh, like I really miss Gigi's. It was amazing. Like this, if you don't do anything else, 
eat at Gigi's. And here's the secret about Gigi's. If you don't want to go and like actually eat there, mm-hmm. you can get it to go and take it back to your room and eat it on the balcony or eat it in your stateroom. So they do to-go orders. I did not know that. Yes, we found out the last night. And I was like, why didn't I know this before? <laughs> <laughs> so on deck four, next to the piano bar, they have bonsai sushi, which is right across from the steakhouse on Carnival Sunshine. Uh, did you eat a bonsai? I did not eat a bonsai. Um, my friend Ashley did, and she said it was really good. She did get me the green tea cupcake to try. Uh huh. She liked hers, but it wasn't my favorite. I said I tried it, so um, but she said it was really good. It just wasn't my style, I guess. Um, but she seemed to really like the sushi, and bonsai was pretty busy um, most of the times that we would walk by on deck four. I did the transatlantic from Barcelona to New Orleans on Carnival Sunshine, and I have to tell you that I spent maybe... It was a 16-day transatlantic, and I think I probably spent six or seven days eating lunch in there. It was just so good. So if you're a sushi lover, it's not your typical crappy cruise ship sushi. This is actually really, really good sushi. Let's talk about the pub. We didn't talk about that. Now, uh, I don't think when I was on the ship, the pub served the pub food. Uh, So did you spend any time in the Red Frog Pub, and did they serve any food on your sailing? We did spend a little time in there on the Super Bowl because it got a little chilly outside. That was about it. They did not have the food. I was kind of looking forward to some conch fritters, but uh, they were not serving the food um, at the Red Frog Pub. Very good. So you did a, uh, what do they call that, an exotic uh, Caribbean sailing? I think it was just Eastern Caribbean. Uh, it was mostly Bahamas and Key West. Yeah, I was going to say, they can't really call that uh, Eastern Caribbean when you're in Freeport, Nassau, and Key West. <laughs> I know. It's like, I really okay. more of a Bahamas sailing, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we covered the public areas, we covered the food, we covered the staterooms. Uh, we haven't covered the entertainment yet, so what was your thoughts of the new and improved entertainment? I was actually really impressed with the new and improved entertainment. I'd been on The Glory about a year and a half ago, so I had started to see some of the new playlist productions. But on The Sunshine, we got four of them. So we got Motor City, we got Epic Rock, Latin Nights, and I cannot remember the fourth one. But I love the playlist productions because it's songs that you know. I also like that it's like a fewer amount of dancers and they're kind of all singing and dancing. So Mm -hmm. I I thought the entertainers themselves were kind of a step above what Carnival had had before. Yeah. Um, So I really liked the interactiveness before almost every show. They got audience participation. They were just really very interactive and, you know, people were excited to see the shows. But I was definitely impressed with Playlist playlist production. We also did How to Read the Game Show. That was fun. Um, I got to play the first day that we did it. And I won my game, but I didn't win the big grand prize. And then my friend Ashley ended up getting to play the second night that they did it. But it's really fun. Our cruise director, um, Butch Begovich, was, you know, he was really like a game show host. And it really was like you were on the set of a game show in Hollywood. So after Playlist Productions at night, did you get a chance to hang out in the Liquid Lounge where they turned the uh, the, the lounge into a nightclub? I did, and I thought that was one of the coolest things um, on this ship. So they literally, as soon as the second show is over, they like pull this curtain around the balcony so you can't see the balcony. They flip on the tables. There's a huge dance floor. Um, the DJ comes out. He's got the DJ Irie training, so the DJ is really good. Um, and it was awesome. It was a great place to people watch all the dancing and actually dance if you wanted to to participate in that. But I loved the Liquid Lounge. I thought it was really nice. So, Sarah, in closing here, do you have any been there, done that tips for our listeners? First one is definitely the specialty restaurants. Uh, you can't miss PZ's. Bonsai is great if you love sushi, um, the steakhouse. And here's a tip for you. Um, go the first night. 
Uh, everyone's tired from traveling. No one really wants to kind of go to those restaurants, and they're not busy. You can mm-hmm. get in any time you want. Even the steakhouse, Fahrenheit um, 555, you get a free bottle of wine if you go the first night. Oh, nice. So, yeah, it's definitely a great time to go, and then you kind of you know get your vacation started, right? I love the specialty restaurants. So, Definitely do that. And if you don't want to sit there, remember, GG's, you can get it to go. Definitely take your time and explore this ship. The Sunshine has a lot for everyone. So that first day, really kind of figure out, like, what areas appeal to you. Um, You know, if you want to relax, check out Serenity. If you want to be involved, check out, like, Ocean Plaza, the Waterworks area. There's a lot of going on. Um, And then my personal favorite bar is the Alchemy Bar. So Uh definitely check it out. And uh, you can learn things that you never knew about cocktails. Very good. We've been talking with Sarah Phillips. She just returned from a seven-night Caribbean sailing aboard Carnival Sunshine out of New Orleans. Sarah, thank you so much for spending some time with us this evening on Cruise Radio. Thanks, Doug. It was my pleasure. There you go. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Remember, you can check out all things Carnival Sunshine, cruiseradio.net slash sunshine. Remember, we have an app waiting for you to download it. Just head to Cruise Radio Live in your smartphone app store. From the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, I'm Doug Parker, and this is Cruise Radio. Cruise Radio is recorded weekly at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Download the Cruise Radio app. Hear Cruise Radio on TuneIn Radio, the Stitcher Radio Network, iTunes, CruiseAddicts.com, and on our website at CruiseRadio.net. For advertising opportunities, email sales at CruiseRadio.net. I'm your announcer.